Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back in, guys, to the Go247 podcast. I'm Glenn West, uh, joined by Dylan Sanders, our contributing writer. Uh, We've got a lot to discuss tonight, but uh, first and foremost, LSU is officially SEC West champions uh, in the year one under Brian Kelly. Uh, The Tigers got it done today by pulling off a probably too close for comfort win, 13-10 over Arkansas. Uh, but got a little bit of help from the Crimson Tide in Alabama as they knocked off Ole Miss later in the day to help LSU secure that SEC West spot. Uh, Dylan, this one was a little bit closer than I think you had probably projected heading into it. But uh, just what was your, I guess, overall takeaway from today, uh, other than the fact that I guess Harold Perkins is just a monster and, you know, shouldn't be messed with? I was going to say, well, my biggest takeaway is that Harold Perkins is awesome and one of the best players, one of the best freshmen, if not the best freshman I've ever watched play football, uh, rivaling Derek Stingley's freshman campaign, which was, of course, very, very good. Um, But overall, you know, I was a little gung-ho in my prediction about uh, LSU being able to handle this game and bounce back. It obviously was a tough game for them. But they won, and that is uh, they, they passed the test. They won. They walked away with a victory, and then Ole Miss uh, handled the rest by fumbling the bag against Alabama and losing to give LSU the, uh, the SEC championship. And now, uh, you know, some, some playoff maybe, <laughs> still looking way on the future, some playoff potential on the line against A&M and UAB. But, you know, LSU has can start booking their trip to Atlanta, which is crazy. Yep. We'll start looking into some arrangements for us, uh, most certainly here in the next couple days. Um, but just a, an incredible, incredible job for LSU to be in this position. I mean, if you go back a month after that Tennessee loss, this was a program that was – uh, a little bit in the dumps in terms of just, you know, confidence and momentum after kind of getting, uh, you know, whopped by, uh, by uh, whooped by, uh, ten- by Tennessee at home. Just uh, not a very good performance from those guys in that game. But they have completely turned it around uh, and have now put themselves in this position. Uh, just a tremendous, uh, tremendous all-around effort, I would say, in year one under Brian Kelly. I don't know how you couldn't uh, say this year has been a smashing success already. Um, but you know you're you're adding layers now. You're adding uh, stuff that you can really build on in terms of postseason success. Uh, you know this is going to be a great challenge in a couple of weeks for this group, which you know obviously we'll 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 get to that when in a more appropriate time. But you know just kind of overall thoughts on this one. Um, 
you know, I, I, I thought that this was the Harold Perkins game. I mean, there's really not much to say. I can't remember a individual performance where one player just seemed to dictate the outcome of the game on defense, um, you know, ever. I mean, I, I, I've, you know, I've watched a lot of LSU games, watched a lot of, you know, football in my time and my short time, I should say. I'm sure I don't have a, all the experience that many other people uh, do that are probably watching this, but, um, you know, it, it's just an incredible, incredible feat, you know, to watch this guy play um, and, and really make a late season All-American case for a player who was really just a rotational guy in the first, you know, six, seven games of the year. Um, you know, it's really not until these last couple of games that he's been on the field every single play. And so just an incredible turnaround. He obviously had four sacks today, uh, two forced fumbles, including the fumble, uh, you know, at the very end of the game, LSU's got it in the two minute warning or two minute game and uh, Arkansas fumbles there and is able to LSU's able to run out the clock from there. So just some fantastic play from Harold Perkins, but really the whole front seven, I thought played extremely well. Uh, I thought Makai Wingo had another really nice game. Uh, Micah Baskerville had some really nice moments. Greg Penn, uh, got into the backfield a couple times for a couple loss tackle for losses, um, and, and BJ Ogilary uh, did his thing as well. He was he was pretty stout as well on the edge. Um, you know, just uh, I guess we can start with the defense since I already kind of went over it a little bit. But just I know you're working on a piece for us uh, in terms of just looking at the the defensive effort in this game. Just uh, is, is that pretty much where you're kind of lining up? It started in the front seven and uh, pretty much was was the big uh, the big bullet point to take away from this one. Yeah, I mean anyone who uh, anyone who has listened to the Locked On Saints podcast before knows this knows this this setup. Let me shout out Ross, but uh, it harkened back to the old days of the Dome Patrol. Like it was just everybody. It was it was hounding uh, yeah. everybody. It, it was just a resounding success on defense. A great great day um, outside of you know one big play. Um, it really you know this. Honestly, should have been way more, uh, way less of a of a close battle than it was, uh, given the defensive performance today by LSU. Like it was just truly dominant. Uh, it, yeah. it it was like the a de- it felt like a defensive version of a 2019 LSU offensive performance. Like it was just awesome. And Harold Perkins is just so fun to watch. Uh, BJ Ojolari, Makai Wingo, every, all of those guys uh, really stepped up. Everybody had a great day. Greg Penn uh, even had a great, great day. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, you look at this game, you look at the stats. Arkansas came in averaging, I think it was close to 400 yards of offense total uh, in the country, um, and that was a top 15 offense. You held them to 249 yards today total. Um, they came in as a top 10 rushing team in the country, averaging well over 230 a game. You held them to 133 yards on 46 carries. That's that's under three yards a carry uh, that Arkansas had today. Um, just a, a complete dominant effort, I thought, defensively. And really, I mean, it harkens back to, I would say, the early 2010s LSU defenses. I mean, these guys were flying around. Uh, Perkins was just unbelievable. His closing speed is just so – unique for for such a young player uh he knows where to find the i guess the hidden spots and you know around the line of scrimmage i mean he was popping up all over the line of scrimmage and you know whether it was you know forden or hornsby whoever was behind center 
those guys are going to have nightmares for the next couple of weeks after what Harold Perkins was able to do to them uh, in this game. He was sensational. Um, and, 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 you know, the defense is what really carried LSU through this one, I thought. And uh, it was just a really good effort, I thought, overall for those guys. Um, you know, they had the one big touchdown play uh, right at the start of the fourth quarter uh, that kind of, you know, made things interesting. If they cut it to 13-10, you were wondering, okay, is – is they, they going to have enough, you know, momentum to effort to pull this thing out? Enough, enough, you know, fatigue left in the uh, in the in the chamber. But, you know, give them credit. This defense just continued to make play after play down the stretch and um, really bailed the offense out. I thought in this game. Yeah. It. Um, yeah. I, again, I don't know how much we could harp on. It was just a great day. Obviously, KJ Jefferson uh, didn't play. That played a, a big part of it, but. Um, you know, I, myself, everybody uh, talked about how Raheem Sanders was going to have a big day today, um, and they tried to get him going, but they just couldn't. 12, he was 12, 12 for 46, which uh, for a guy who leads the SEC in rushing yards is a fantastic performance to hold him to just that. They did a great job. There were questions if they were going to be able to bring him down with him being so big and fast, have that combination, but, you know, they handled it very well. Again, it was just another another time where they they held through, and they were so good that Brian Kelly d- felt confident uh, going for it over and over again, or at least trying to go for it uh, in, in pretty much every short yardage situation. Yeah, that was as aggressive as we've seen BK you know since he got here, and and he's had some aggressive moments. You only got to do is go back in the two point conversion last week, but. Yeah, I think at one point they were lining up on fourth and four at their own like twenty-five at one point in that game, where in you know, or four, maybe it was fourth and one, maybe not fourth and four, but there was a a time where they were well backed up into their own you know kind of field position and really had no business going for it. But they were lining up, and then a false start uh, kind of you know took that you know kind of momentum out of it. So they ended up settling for a punt, and then they did not settle for a punt and they decided to do a little fake punt, a little trickery from the special teams. And I tweeted this as soon as it happened. I said, yes, special teams in all caps. And then right after uh, special teams, because there was a holding call that pushed them back and they had to punt it for real. So uh, just, and then uh, there was a, there was a punting, uh, a holding call on Arkansas. It was just a completely ugly turn of events. Yeah. It was it was uh it was not the cleanest game, uh, especially the, which we'll get into here for LSU's offense. Um, you know, I like I said, just to kind of reiterate, defense really bailed out the offense out of this one. I mean, I thought, you know, really these last three games, um, a lot of the emphasis had been on just how much the uh, the offense had improved and how much they had the uh, the offense had carried LSU to this stretch run. So it was nice to see the defense kind of have a game like this where they were like, no, we can. We can help win games too. We can win games and, and, and be a big part of this team's success. And I thought that was really evident in that game today. But um, offensively, we got to talk about it some. I mean, the there was there was um, I, I wouldn't say regression, but there was definitely some um, some tipsy moments here. I thought that that are a little bit of a little bit concerning uh, as LSU kind of moves into their last couple games here. Um, you know, it kind of starts with, in my opinion, um, you know, just kind of what we talked about a lot with Jaden Daniels uh, earlier this year. It just didn't look like 
that aggression was there from him uh, in terms of that assertiveness that we had seen these last three games. Uh, really struggled, I think, to find open receivers. Um, and in the same breath, it really looked like, at least on film, that LSU was really struggling to get open. These receivers were were kind of struggling to to kind of create separation, which was a little bit surprising. I mean, you, you, you come in, you expect LSU to really take advantage of this Arkansas pass defense. Uh, they were one of the worst in the country coming into this game, and LSU really only throws they, – they throw for 86 yards in this game. I mean, that if you had told me that uh, yesterday, I, I would have told you LSU probably got spanked in this game. I mean, that was just not – uh, uh, you know, even on the radar of possibilities for me, I thought this was going to be a totally dominated passing game. Um, but there was just a lot that went into it. You know, it was a little bit on Daniels. It was a little bit on the receivers. It was a little bit on the offensive line up front, not really, you know, protecting and getting the, uh, you know, calls right in terms of the, the just you know, everything. I mean, it was just a completely botched effort. I thought defense or on the offensive side uh, in, in the past game and, uh, just w- what are your thoughts, I guess, on how this one played out, you know, for the offense in particular, the passing game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the name your price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I mean, we knew going into the game that Arkansas is one of the best pass rushing teams in the country. They ranked top 15 in sacks. and uh, But uh, still, seven sacks given up is an atrocious performance by pretty much everybody involved. Um, offensive line and Jay Daniels both played into those. There were times where there was just no time to throw, and there was times where he had time to throw. People weren't getting open, and it led to covered sacks. And it, it was a little bit of just sluggish on pretty much everybody's uh, fault. The one guy I'll give the uh, give the nod to. It seems like every week this season, to been able to say Josh Williams. Uh, you know, you'll never let me down. It's like it's it's. It, I imagine this game is like. Uh, parks and recreation, the uh, the one kid that is hated and then the other kid that does the same stuff is just like, no, you're fine. I'll, I'll never hate you. You're, you're perfect. You're my child. And that, that's how I kind of feel about Josh, Josh Williams right now. Um, yeah. He can do no wrong. He, is, uh, he had a, another great day. And without him, who knows if maybe Harold Perkins's uh, performance goes to waste because he was – one of the only people that looked like you could be consistent with. Uh, there was one really good play uh, from Jaden to Kayshawn. But outside of that, I mean, Malik Neighbors had a very bad drop pass late there that could have really swung things. Uh, yeah. I mean, Damian, Damian Ramos is another guy to give a nod to, at least yeah, in, score, in terms solid. of scoring. Yeah, he got your two field goals. I, I would say probably the one defense that I could come to for the offense is that it did seem like, you know, for, for most of that game, they were backed up into some pretty bad field positioning, um, which is, you know, kind of a, a emphasis not only just on special teams, but on the offense, too. I mean, like they they just were not able to get out of that field positioning for a while in that first half. Um, and it really took some Arkansas mistakes on special teams and on uh, on on their offense for for LSU to kind of have a couple opportunities there where the field was shortened for them. 
Um, you know, you talk about the big play to Kayshawn. You know, that was a drive that started, like, I think on LSU's 40. You know, after they got a big stop, I think, on turnover on downs. It might have been one of the fumbles. I can't quite remember. But um, it was a shortened field on that possession, and, and Jaden hit – uh, Kayshawn for a nice gain um, pretty much right off the bat on that drive. And then Williams punched it in for their only touchdown on the day, which I, I just did not expect LSU to only get one, get, get in the end zone once in this one. I, I really thought that their offense would, would carry over into some of the more recent success. But I mean, that's just something that you can never tell with, with, you know, with college football and with these college athletes, it's, it can be very up and down sometimes. And um, you know, it, it's, I think it's going to be good that LSU has a game now against UAB, a potential get-right game for this offense. You know, trying to get back to what was working the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, we we talked about the weather conditions before, and uh, you know, I, I I can't speak for them. I can't speak you know to that in, in terms of how it affected uh, the offense, but it, it certainly looked like you know it was hard for these receivers to create separation, and I'm not sure how much of that had to do with the, the way the field uh, was kind of playing. You know, when you have ice on the field and it's it's a little crunchy, it's a little it's bit more – snowed the day before. Yeah, it snowed the day before, so the, the grass was probably a little slippery. I mean, you know, these are excuses that we're creating here. But, you know, I, I think that probably played a little bit of a hand in this. And uh, certainly the, the protection issues up front can't go unmentioned and – um, you know, there was some some really you know, I thought, you know, Emory Jones for the first time kind of looked like a freshman out there. He had some struggling moments. Uh, there were a couple false start penalties that really derailed drives uh, early in the series. Um, there was that weird uh, aiding the runner call, which I don't remember ever seeing called before. I mean, it happened, but it, it just like, seems like something like that call. never gets called. Yeah, yeah. It's, it happened. It's just like something I don't remember really seeing before. I don't know. You don't, you don't see it too often because usually the offensive line is, you know, the ones that are behind the running backs. Not bear hugging them yeah, uh, across them extra yards. That was, yeah, that was a little bizarre, but um, yeah, I mean, look, offensively, you just, you got to, you got to flush this performance. You know, I, I, LSU's gotten away with it twice now where they passed for under 100 yards and still won the game. Uh, you go back to that Auburn game, and uh, you're right. I mean, it really just stems from, you know, Josh Williams just being the, the catalyst for this group right now. It really is uh, amazing to see, a, a, you know, a former walk-on have the kind of impact that he's had in this, in this offense and on this roster. And the things that I wrote about this in our three observations piece – it just looks like he brings such a calming presence to that offense when he's out there. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. nothing's going to rattle him. I think you just mentioned that, but you know, nothing's going to rattle him. And then when he gets the ball, he runs hard, man. He is such a passionate, fierce, ferocious runner. Uh, he's hard to bring down, and he's not the most. He's not the fastest guy. You know, I'm, he's probably not the most talented running back LSU's ever had, but he gets the job done, and he pushes the chains. He rarely gets dropped for losses. Um, and he's just a really, really fun back to watch. And I think has been one of the good feel-good stories uh, of this entire season for LSU. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, trying to think of what other uh, notable performances there were on the offensive side of the ball. What, what were um, your thoughts on the O-line? Just, you know, did you get a chance to get a good look at the O-line today? Uh, I, I mentioned kind of Emory Jones looked like he struggled a little bit. Bradford maybe had some moments there where he struggled, but – just what were your thoughts on the O-line performance? Yeah, overall, just a forgettable day, whether it be penalties or just getting blown by. It was just 
a bad day of blocking. Um, and, you know, this is the kind of thing that you worry about uh, 11 a.m. early. Yeah. It's uh, the, the offensive linemen are tighter than normal. Uh, it's uncomfortable. And this is a game where it really felt like, man, these are four high schoolers a year ago that have never been in a situation like this. Um, and that's kind of what it felt like today. Like it was, yeah. it was an ugly, forgettable performance. It's, but it's, it's, it hasn't been the norm for LSU this season. Like this late in the season, you can, you can say, oh, that just what that was just not their best performance. But it's not something that we need to like, you know, harp on or be like, well, this team is is fraudulent. It, it's just yeah. a, 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 it's just an unfortunate performance. But LSU won the game, so that's yeah, the and- biggest takeaway. Yeah, and that that kind of brings me in here to my final point, which you know, Coach Kelly said this. I thought magnificently after the game is when he took the job last December. One of the goals that he had was that this team was playing its best ball in November. That's something you can go back and listen to in his first press conference. Um, but the other thing that he said, um, which he brought up again today, which we haven't talked about much, is that he wanted his team to be able to win in the face of adversity at this time of the year. Um, and you, you saw that today. They were able to pull out a really, really good win. It was not a clean win. It was not a, you know, an efficient win or, or, or anything like that. But it was a good win to come away when you were not playing your best in November uh, to keep your playoff hopes alive to, to what turned out to be clinching the SEC West. I mean, these are goals that LSU – at least people on the outside of LSU didn't have for this team, uh, at, you know, the, at, when the season started. I mean, there was you know, eternal optimists, I think, probably pegged this team as a nine and three team. And, you know, that's that's probably not usually going to get it done. Uh, I felt good. I felt good saying seven and five before the season. Yeah. And I, I was right at eight and four. And I thought that was a little bit optimistic, to be honest. So uh, now, now you're sitting here, you got eight wins. You've got you've clinched the division. You're, you're you've you're clinched the division the, with two games to go. Two games to go. Yeah, I mean it's it's just an incredible turnaround, and I think we should probably close with just you know the thoughts on how this has happened and and the significance of doing this in year one. I mean, you look at you know teams like Texas A and M in Jimbo. You know, five years he's been the coach there. Now they haven't done this one time since he's been there. You, know, you look at Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin, all the success they've had, especially on offense the last several years, they haven't been able to get over this hump yet. Um, to do it in year one under Brian Kelly, I think, is not only a fantastic message for recruiting and for the future of this program, but it shows you that his method works and that his method will be able to uh, take a team with with LSU that has a lot of talent year in and year out. And, and I think be able to compete in this division for, for many years to come. Now we're not sure what the divisions will look like, you know, when you add Texas and Oklahoma, if they're even going to be divisions and all that stuff, but just for right now and the way that this thing is structured, uh, I, I do think LSU's uh, a program that's going to be in it for the long haul. I mean, you just look at it and you look at the success they've had in year one with all the deficiencies that they have on this team. The fact that they are putting together these winning performances late in the season says a lot to me. Yeah, it's f- f- way more of a positive feeling heading towards the end of the season than I expected before the season and at multiple points this season. Whether it, uh, both of the losses felt like, oh, well, we ha- we had our fun. Uh, <laughs> this is this is what is going to be. It's going to be a rough year. 
Um, and no, it's been the team's bounced back. They've had their they had they've had their adversity. They've fought, and now they are going to Atlanta in year one. And only looking up from a talent perspective after this. You have Harold Perkins for two more years. You have a potential number one signing class in 2023 and 2024. It's, it's, you've got your tight end. You've got your bookend tackles. You've got some very talented quarterbacks in the room. uh, Endless wide receiver talent and almost uh, close to bringing in some insane defensive back talent. It's all over the place. Yeah, and you can you can definitely see the the, the the sustained winning outlook changing here. I think that you know just the way that LSU's gotten this kind of really great performance from out from, from some of its younger players, its freshmen, its sophomores, and even some of the older guys that have you know many years left of of, of you know kind of eligibility to play. I mean, Major Burns could be a guy who's a you know, another two-year player here. I mean, he he, he could be a, a really big leader for your secondary moving forward. Um, you know, you, you talk about uh, you know, Harold Perkins, but, you know, also Demario Tolan is a young guy who's starting to get out there at linebacker and make – Savion Jones. Savion Jones up front. You know, he, he had a sack today. Yeah. Shout yeah. out. I mean, like, there's, there's foundations here building, not just for even next year, but even, you know, two, three years down the line, you're starting to see it, and it's just uh, – it's a, it's a good time to be an LSU fan, I think, especially for football. Um, it's going to be a really fun kind of close to the season. I'll be interested to see ultimately how this team stacks up against Georgia. I mean, I, we're, we're still three weeks away from that game, but it, I mean, it's Georgia. You, 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 it's it scares me a little bit of how how good that team's playing right now. And uh, I mean, we'll Mississippi one- State had them close at half, but I'm sure Georgia's going to pull. Yeah, away. I haven't I haven't checked the score on Georgia for a while, but. I think they they were winning by quite a bit last time I checked, um, but yeah, just just a lot to be excited about, I think. And you know, with that, I think we could probably just just close it out, huh? We we got to end on a positive, right? We can't be yeah. ending on negatives because it came out with a win. Uh, they were able to to pull this thing off, and uh, now you kind of get a good senior night here where you can really, I think, probably end up resting some guys. I mean, if you get out to a big lead early, you could probably play, you know, do the. The, the whole curtain call thing for some of the seniors and and have a have a good time with it uh, next Saturday. But it will um, be there late. I was looking forward to the last home yeah. game of the season, but it's an eight p.m. kickoff. <laughs> it's and that's I think it might be the first one of the year. I, I can't remember if it's their first one of the year or not at eight p.m. It's their first eight. It's definitely the first eight p.m. kick. I've been read. I've been I've been six p.m. five p.m. You know, a lot of eleven a.m. eleven a.m. Uh, so. Yeah, we're going to have to bring our coffee, but hopefully LSU puts it away by halftime so we can just write all of our stories and go to bed. So uh, <laughs> with that, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get out of here, guys. We'll be back with another pod uh, previewing LSU's Caesar ni- senior night. We'll probably touch on some basketball and uh, some recruiting stuff next time. But uh, until then, we'll check you guys later. On May 23rd. I want to go back to normal. What's normal? The Paramount Plus original series, Evil Returns. We've already hunted werewolves and demons. And now what? A baby antichrist? Okie dokie. Prepare yourself. You will not beat us. For the end. I have visions of hell. Make it stop. Make it shut up. You're not gonna survive this. Evil. The final season. Streaming May 23rd. Only on Paramount Plus.